You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Sawn Outdoors Podcast. How is everybody doing? Not that you can answer that, but that's okay. Um, this podcast is just a phone call between McCade and myself, Ian here. Um, just kind of recapping of our, our individual opening weekends. Uh, McCade hunted elk uh, with a friend out in Utah, and I hunted antelope with a friend out in Colorado. Um, we each had tags, we were each out hunting for ourselves, and this is just kind of us catching up after the weekend. Uh, a couple of plugs for some gear that we've got, um, sort of shamelessly, but at the same time, it was pretty candid. Uh, you'll hear us talk about Canvas Cutter a lot. We have no sponsorship from those guys, but it is a product you'll hear us get into. Um, might seem like we're getting paid to say the things we're saying, but it, it's all legit and true. Um, so with that, we do have a sponsor, uh, sponsor of this podcast is King's Camo. And last podcast, I gave sort of a rundown on a piece that I was going to take with me out antelope hunting. And that piece was the XKG quarter zip, the, tra- uh, not, not the transition, the elevation quarter zip. It's a lightweight, long-sleeve, quarter-zip shirt, T-shirt, that um, breathes quite a bit. And I did wear that uh, the first day pretty religiously, mostly just to keep the bugs and the sun off of me. But I found that what I really liked on the hunt, the piece of gear that I really liked, was the XKG Preacher Pant. That's a new pant that King's Camel has that it has vents on the side, which I just kept wide open. Uh, it was excellent ventilation on those. And then knee pads, removable knee pads. And I did uh, crawl around with them in, and then I took them out when I didn't need them. Um, just a little less bulk to just kind of hang around camp in. And they were awesome. That was probably my favorite piece of gear from the hunt in hindsight now. So that's... That's a piece that I recommend to all of you out there, especially if you're antelope hunting or if you plan on taking some kneeling shots or just crawling around through the brush on any kind of stock. I mean, that's a great pant, um, and it's quite affordable. Uh, always remember at kingscamo.com to use the code SAHN, S-A-H-N, at checkout, and you'll save 15% on anything site-wide, um, just 15% off your total order. Sale prices included. Just whatever's in the cart. You see that price. You type in Sawn, 15% from there down. So it's excellent. You'll save a lot, especially if you're bargain shopping and hitting those sales anyway. So remember that. Sawn at checkout at kingscamo.com. And with that, let's get into the recap. Here's the phone call McCade and I had to catch up with each other. Yo. Yo. What's up, guy? Whoa. Okay, yeah, it's working. 
<laughs> you hear me okay? I'm on speaker. I hear you. You hear me? I hear you just fine. It's weird because it's splitting my track to the left and your track to the right. It's recording in stereo. What? Between, <laughs> betwixt the two. That's okay. That's all we need. It's all going to come together in the mix, so it'll work. <laughs> good deal. Good deal, good deal. So, you are uh, you just got back from from the stove? What'd from you- the store, yeah. I uh, <clears throat> had to pick up some last-minute things for uh, this weekend. What'd I've you- got most of it still all packed away from last weekend, ready to go. So did you pick up like like stuff that you wish you had, or just stuff you're refilling from last weekend? Um, you decide. I grabbed a couple bags of Cheetos, <laughs> some beef jerky, and some sandwich bags. You're gonna use all that for bait, though, right? Um, it's elk bait. For human bait, I'm gonna lure people away from the hunting area with goodies. Oh, it's like set up a snack bar before you drive yeah, I'm gonna down the mountain. Up, put a sign up on the road that says "Free snacks this way." <laughs> Free meal. So if yeah. you see that, if you were smart, you would go the other way and avoid the snacks, and you'll find the end. It's a trap. Because I know where they. <laughs> exactly. That's a good idea, though. Just like get a whole bunch of hoagies and leave them on the side of the road with a big sign. <laughs> Dude, when I it's I'm totally gonna set them up on the mountain selling snacks, lemonade stand yeah, right up there. <laughs> no steal that. That's my idea. That's my it's coin. All just a big old ruse <laughs> just to get people out of your hunting zone. It's like, oh Dude, I don't need to go down there. There's snacks up here. Now think about it though. Like if you took a food truck, like a barbecue food truck, to the top of the mountain, like well, not I mean, if the road's there, okay. Wherever all the hunters are camped, and you put a barbecue food truck, I think you're going to lure a lot of people away from their hunting areas. They're going to be hitting your food truck. I'll spend all my money there. All of it. (laughs) Every last dime. I might go out and try and find some sheds and then trade that for barbecue. There you go. But I definitely won't be hunting anymore. Old school rendezvous trade sesh, you know? Yeah. I think it's smart. I think you're doing a good thing. It's going to work out for you. I, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, yeah, I've, I've still got most of everything packed up. Most of it's still in the truck. I need to get some ice in the morning, cool off the coolers, do a pre-cool, and then uh, pick up more ice when I leave work to replenish what's melted. Are you... I had last weekend. Are you um taking coolers in the hopes that you're going to fill one of them with an animal or is it all just for food for you or kind of a combo? Uh, so I, I took, it's kind of silly. I took two coolers, um, and had a ton of water in one and a couple energy drinks. And then the other one was strictly for ice. I put a, a couple blocks of ice in it and I only had one energy drink out of it when I was leaving the mountain. I didn't, use any of those cold waters because it got cold enough on the mountain my water was cool enough when i wanted cold water so long story short i'm taking the coolers mostly for some ice for an animal if it needs it but then last weekend a cold front blew in and we were talking about if we would have 
killed something uh would have been just fine hanging in the the trees for a day that's crazy that's pretty cool so, it, it's not that was cold, not, but it's cold enough that's cool no it was good um we actually kind of froze all morning opening day that's what you want though you want to feel that that septemberish air dude it felt like hunting season yeah i love so. the smell of that cooler air in the morning dude <laughs> you can smell cold air dude September smells good. Like, just being out on the mountain in September, it smells different than being just like regular hiking in the summer. There's a crispness yeah. to the. It's pristine. Yeah. It's so good. So you said yeah. you had block ice. Because I was wondering, yeah. we took some big old Yetis that a buddy of mine has out here in Colorado. Um, and we just filled them. He just filled them with 220 pounds of ice between the two but i was saying i wanted to try and find dry ice because i've seen guys do that. 220 pounds yeah dude he's got a yeti 160 wow. and a yeti 110 and all we did was put water and energy drinks in them so <laughs> <laughs> nice a lot of ice left over but, sweet well you were hunting the desert plains so it was still pretty cool though like you said a storefront rolled in on you guys it rolled in on us too man um, it stormed every evening, like every afternoon, and then got better, you know, later in the evening, like right before dusk. Yeah. It got uh, calm again. So you guys were hunting antelope. That was your first time, right? My is my very first time hunting antelope, and it was awesome. Spot and stock. Spot and stock, yeah. There's so much water out there, man, that, like, nothing... Nothing was consistently hitting water, you know? And yeah. there were just wells everywhere out there, too. So, I mean, there was water being pulled up. And then, like I said, it rained every night of the trip. Uh, so, three nights. And, uh, yeah, it just filled. Like, the sides of the road were full of water. Uh, just little depressions around the, the prairie and the plains. I mean, they were, everything was full of water every morning. And it was all fresh, you know, fresh water. Just everywhere, so... Nobody out there was sitting water. It was, everyone we ran across was doing spot and stock. And, huh. Yeah, it was interesting. Seemed like doing, you know, some of the research I was doing leading up to the hunt, a lot of guys sit water. And it's pretty successful, it seems like. But I'm assuming those guys are, you know, down in like Arizona or Nevada or someplace where there's a lot less water. Um, of course, I don't know. I mean, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, dude, and, and a lot of them are like Wyoming antelope, you know? So, Wyoming's yeah. kind of the place to hunt antelope, I know, and a lot of videos come out of there, but everyone's sitting in a blind. And, uh, yeah, just, there was just nowhere to do it out here. You, you couldn't walk half a mile without running into more water. It was hmm. very, very wet up on the uh, Pawnee grasslands where I was. Sweet. Yeah, it's weird. Way different than I thought it was going to be. But a lot of fun, though. A lot of fun. No shots? No shots. I, yeah, I drew back on one the end of the second day. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so like it had stormed and rained and stuff. And anyone who followed along in like the story 
would have seen this, but, you know, we were sitting in the truck um, just in the rain because it, it was getting the camera gear wet and all the binos and everything was getting wet. And so we just sat in the truck and we're glassing from inside the truck and watching a, a Netflix special, comedy special while we were glassing. <laughs> getting some laughs in while we're out there. And, and uh, yeah, it was just storm for a little while, like an hour and a half or two hours, something like that. And then, then it got really good. Everything, like, it, it, it is dry out there. Like, it's dry enough, like, all the water kind of, I don't know, like, where it, it just goes somewhere, but then it pools up, you know? So, uh-huh. like, after the storm, after it had been raining everything, I was still able to, like, crawl through the grass and not get wet, really. I mean, it wasn't like everything was all damp now. It was... Or muddy, even. Huh. Yeah, it was interesting. So, yeah, we had a stock where we saw these these two bucks bedded down after the storm. And, uh, well, I, so they were feeding first, and then feeding in, in this direction, uh, I think heading west. And uh, and so I was like, oh, they're going to drop down over the top of this little, little sort of like, I mean, everything's really flat, but it's rolling flat, you know. So there is ups and downs and stuff. And so they were going to feed over the top of this thing down the down the other side so i thought if i could get around them and come from below up towards where they were then i might be able to get the drop on them i might be able to get close enough where they'll end up walking past me you know Mm -hmm. so we kind of made like like triangulated and stuff and consulted the stars and all that you know and found where i I thought they were gonna walk over this hill and so i I kind of got into position and and was crawling up and peeked my eyes over the top of the hill. And uh, they were bedded now. They weren't feeding anymore. They were bedded. So I was like, ah, this is going to be a while. So I was sitting there just being patient, trying anyway. And and uh, of the two bucks, one of them was a little, well, quite a bit bigger than the other one. He was, he was a good-looking buck. And he ended up getting pretty spooked by something. I don't even know what happened, but he, he got up and just ran and ran <laughs> past me, but like in a big circle where like I was able to range him while he was bedded and he was about 200 yards out. And, uh, he ran in this big circle and I thought he was just going to, you know, instead of coming West towards me, he just took off South basically, but then he circled around and stopped, um, about 200 yards to my South and then took off again finished the other half of the circle basically and was now 200 yards to the west so he just kept that 200 yard distance as he went around me which is nuts and then got back on his straight line and just kept going which is really weird huh. but he stopped to check me out a couple times um <clears throat> and then the, the smaller buck still a decent buck uh he uh he stayed there bedding for a while and eventually another truck came flying down the road from the east and I was like, oh, these guys might possibly spook him because I saw the truck stop. I'm like, that might spook this guy. He'll get out of his bed and he'll just come wandering past me. His attention will be on these guys in the truck. And he won't really notice me as he's coming over the hill. That was my hope. Uh-huh. And it worked out perfect. That buck starts trotting. You know, they, they do like their little walk. They do a trot and then they sprint. You know, that's about all antelope do. And he comes trotting past me. And uh, doesn't really know I'm there, but he's trotting away. And I I just go, blah. <laughs> he stops and looks right at me. But instead of, like, turning to kind of just, just turn his head, where I can get a, a full 
broadside shot at him. He turned his whole body right in line with me. So all I could see was, you know, head and neck and his breastbone area. His full-on front shot on this thing. And I drew back at him. And I'd been ranging the weeds and everything around to try and stay, you know, kind of oriented with where he might walk through and what distances things were. And mm-hmm. he, I, 40 yards is a really good guess. And uh, I had the 40 pin on him and I drew back and and I'm just waiting for him to turn, like get bored with looking at me and just turn and kind of wander off so I could get a side shot and try to lung him. But um, he never did. Instead of getting bored and wandering away, he got super spooked and just sprinted out. And I never got a good shot. And I, uh, I'm trying not to beat myself up about not pulling that trigger, you know, on a on a frontal shot. Um, a lot, a lot of guys are telling me I should have taken it because would have just still devastated an antelope, softer bones and stuff. But I'm just not, yeah, in a place where I feel cool with that yet, you know. Yeah, if you're not comfortable with the shot, definitely don't take it. But, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, all comes down to the, (laughs) well, you know, next time, if you feel comfortable with it, the more you've thought about it, stuff and processed it in your head, then maybe next time you'll be comfortable. But if you weren't comfortable with it and it wasn't worth taking a, a hope shot, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. You never want to like wound an animal and that's the worst, man. Yeah. I I just all day and. Well, that's the other thing. Like, you know, if you bad hit an antelope, it's still going to run a while. You know? <laughs> they can run fast. And it'll probably get, I mean, I don't know. It's open and stuff out there. I, I might have been able to track them out and stuff, but you just never know. You don't want to, like, right. wound an animal and then have it sprint away like that. I mean, that thing, that thing could have been long gone and then died in a ditch somewhere, and I never could have found him. You just never know. But Yeah. I don't know. I just hadn't talked myself into it, and so I didn't take that shot. But man, it was sure fun. Got my blood all pumped <laughs> up, and I was just like, so "Oh yeah." Stoked. Were you shaking? <laughs> no, actually, surprisingly not, man. I I felt really? I felt good. I was just so excited. I wasn't like nervous, really. Um, you know, like one of the things you told me before I left um, was, you know, just pretend like it's a, a target. You know, just like we went to Total Archery Challenge, you know, and you said, uh, just pretend like it's one of the foam targets. Just pick your spot on the yeah. foam and just and just find your spot and just shoot it. And just stay calm like it's like it's just target practice, basically. And, right. I mean, that wasn't really going through my head, but, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about that before I left. And, and even last year, because I went on the, you know, the uh, Archery Utah hunt last year for mule deer. And I, I was nervous last year thinking about like, man, I'm going to get target panic so bad. You know, I never, never shot an animal with the bow. So I was nervous about it last year. I spent a lot of time trying to get my head right on that same idea, you know, just pretending it's a target. And, uh, so when it happened this year, I I finally pulled back on an animal was awesome. And I (laughs) just looking at him through the sights and I was just like, turn man, turn. And and he never did. That's (laughs) that's what I kept thinking. Like turn, I got my spot. When you turn, I know where I'm shooting, you know, and that's good, man. Like some, like sometimes things happen so fast and like, you're just trying to get the right scenario. And if you're just focused on it, the shot, making sure there's you're, you're accurate, you know, and can put a, a well-placed arrow into an animal, then that's, that's way better than sitting there psyching yourself out over 
antlers or the whole yeah. idea of what you're going to post on Instagram afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to make make the post before you make the show. Uh, <laughs> Did you tell oh, me something man, like was, that? Yeah, so <laughs> I was hunting with uh, with your daughter's old babysitter's husband. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're basically cousins. <laughs> yeah, basically cousins. So yeah. ended up meeting up with him. And he had a big bull tag on a limited entry unit in Utah. And he also had a general deer tag for that same unit in his pocket. And uh, so opening morning, we went out. Um, kind of scouted out the the area the night before. As soon as I got to, to camp, we we drove over and checked it out. And there were some sheep, so we were devising a plan how we're gonna hike up the mountain, get around the sheep, avoid the sheep dogs, and get into a basin that we wanted to. And uh, anyway, so we we did that opening morning, successfully avoided sheep in there. And uh, sun came up. We're hiking across the top and get into this basin and there were sheep everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> units notorious for that. Yeah. So we, we decided to sit down in glass and, uh, we spotted a great buck that, um, he had actually seen in there, um, on some previous scouting trips. And so we sat there with the phone scope on him, waiting for him to, to go bed so we could make a play on him. He wasn't really far away, but he was kind of in some thick timber. So we just wanted to make sure we knew, had a good idea where he was, you know, before we put stock on it and <laughs> we're watching him and all of a sudden we hear some whistle and like Colt's like, did you hear that whistle? I was like, no. And then right then I heard it and this sheep herder comes up over the ridge and starts pushing sheep down from the top of the mountain to the bottom and <laughs> totally blew that. So anyway, long story short, we went to another area that night um, where I have a camera and on the way in there, we spotted this great buck. Man, and when I say great, he was great. <laughs> like his, he he had to have been as massive as like my fist. And uh, I feel great quick, I feel like when the descriptive words of something become more simple, you know it's not a lie. <laughs> like if someone just right. going like all these big words, it's like super extravagant and like a whole string of adjectives. It's like, yeah, dude, it probably wasn't that good, but you're just, <laughs> yeah, it no was way. great. That's all I can say. Great. Dude, he was, he was in a perfect spot. Um, not far off this dirt road that we were driving in on and just in some trees feeding. And we had, we had just spotted another great, well, he was a little buck, um, right before that off the other side of the road and we stopped and looked at him and then he got nervous and took off. So when we saw this buck, not even five minutes later, it was, it was like, man, he's great. Pulled up the binos, big three by four, um, had a really kind of light velvet. And then, uh, he had some great eye guards and he actually had double eye guards on his right side, about five inches tall, just smoker buck. So Colt's like, Oh, this, this buck's getting an arrow. So, he uh he snuck out of the truck we left it running i stayed in the passenger seat to to film and glass anyway he went snuck into the trees and it was like 20 minutes he was in there i was like what the heck so i decided to get out and kind of try to get a better vantage point and then a couple minutes colt comes walking out and i'm like what the heck he's like yeah you didn't see him run out i'm like no when did that happen Anyway, apparently he he'd snuck in there and couldn't see him anymore, 
and he had spent a lot of time sneaking in and decided that that buck must have blown out at some point during the stock. So he starts, as he described it, Sasquatching out of there <laughs> and a couple steps into a Sasquatch walk. That buck jumped out at about five yards and ran and stopped at about 130. Oh, man. Looked at him and then took off. So when I met up with Colt, um, this is a really long story to get to that point, but he said that he was, uh, he was confident that buck was going to be dead. He was already thinking about what he's going to post about it. And I was cracking <laughs> up like, well, that was your mistake right there. That's it, dude. That anyway, it? he's a good. That's hilarious, dude. Every dude, every yeah. good joke has a great setup though. <laughs> right. This one happens uh, to be all true. That's right. That's awesome. So Colt has a. Uh, two tags in that area yeah he has a limited entry elk tag and then like i said general season deer tag that happened to you too right when you it, it did yeah I, I planned it that same way and um when i killed my bull we walked up to it and we were still kind of in that shock factor just checking it out looking at it we'd only been standing there maybe 30 seconds and made quite a bit of noise you know looking at it and getting over to it and I happen to look up and there's a nice four point buck. He's probably 26 inches wide, boxy, standing about 40 yards away. <laughs> so I knocked an arrow and drew back and he bounded off. And I figured it was probably for the best because we were in a nasty area and that would have been a really brutal pack out. Yeah, two animals at the same time, dude. Yeah. <laughs> One of them's a big elk. Man, I don't think I remember you telling me that. Did you ever? Oh, yeah, dude. Um, it's kind of crazy. I actually saw a post on social media where someone else had done the same thing. They had shot a, a deer and an elk, and they had died within, like, 20 feet of each other. It's crazy. Wow. I was like, that would have been my story. It's like <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle for fauna. Everything that goes in there dies. Yeah, you just... That's <clears> crazy. <throat> So, yeah, we got into the elk um, after that little stock, misfilled stock opportunity. We got in, checked some of my cameras, and the elk were real close. We heard a bunch of cows and calves mewing and talking, and so we talked back, and then we heard some bulls bugle. It was crazy. That's so nuts. So we, we set up and tried to get on them. They were across a pretty deep uh, ravine. It wasn't like a really wide ravine or anything but i mean it was steep and deep and i snuck to the edge of it ranged them at 112 yards and uh there were four five point bulls so colt really wasn't dead set on shooting one you know in in the uh, the situation we were in you know had had he called him in it may have been different had the right one walked in but so i decided to bail down the, the ravine and come out the other side trying to get on spike or a cow and anyway a cow blew me out and she they, they took off and i couldn't ever catch up to them but it was a lot of fun dang dude so game plans to go back in there this weekend and that's what you got all your snacks for round two. Oh yeah oh yeah round two is happier all your, all your trap snacks <laughs> yeah they'll be up at the top um so yeah I won't even make you work for them. I'll put them right off the side of the road. Just right on the road. <laughs> being your incentive for not coming down into your hunting area. <laughs> oh, man. That joke's funny twice. 
<laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh, dang, dude. So, yeah, that's crazy. The Elk are bugling and stuff already, because I remember a couple years ago when you had your tag, and we were in there. It seemed like they weren't really bugling until actually September hit, man. Um, Yeah, I mean, they were talking, and I had heard some, like, just little activity, but not as much yeah. as we this past weekend. Like, it wasn't full-blown rut bugling yet, but they were definitely getting vocal. Some and, good bugles? Uh, they were younger bulls, and, like, okay. there was one that sounded pretty good for, for what he was. I mean, not... Okay. Not some of those types of bugles that we were hearing uh, when you came on my hunt. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it's about yeah. the same as it was then when, when you had your tag. Because it seemed like, I mean, the cows were talking. We were able to mew with the cows and stuff a bit. Yeah. And I remember there's that group coming down across the canyon, and I couldn't believe how well that audio carried, man. It's like you yeah. me and Josh sitting up on that, the edge of that. Yeah. Well, just, just under the edge of the, I guess, of the ridge and just started hearing cows and we couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And we finally glassed them up clear across the Canyon. Yeah. It travels quite a bit. Yeah, it's nuts. Cause like, so yeah, I mean, when, when you call them, you, you don't, really don't have to blow that, that hard and loud and they'll hear it. They, they have good ears. Yeah. That's the thing. I think sound travels, especially in those big canyons like that. I think it travels a lot yeah. more than people realize, you know, Especially if it's got a little breeze, help blow it over there. <laughs> <laughs> Just washing away in the wind. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of torn though because I want to go further um, on the north end of that unit and check my other cameras, which I haven't checked in two months. But probably dead. I don't know, man, dude. I checked those cameras that I set out in Colorado for us last year. Yeah. Um, for, yeah, for Father's Day, my dad came out here, and we went on a little hike to go get my cameras, and both of them were still running. They'd been out for over a year. Well, it depends on the settings. I, I've got the 4K in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that 4K was actually dead that I checked this weekend, but the cattle had moved in. So if there's no cows or sheep, chances are good that we'll be okay. But Yeah. And I, I hope they haven't been stolen. One of Colt's cameras ended up missing. Yeah, that his. Didn't he post a picture of like somebody chopped it out of a tree? Maybe he did. He, he like, said that. Yeah, yeah. He had like a a photo of like a tree with a big chunk kind of out of it, and I think the caption was something about like there used to be a camera here with a, a like a screw on it, you know. Oh so yeah. It wasn't just like strapped to the tree. He like had screwed it into the the trunk, one of those big lag bolts. Yeah, he had like, it lag bolted. Yeah, and someone chopped a lag bolt out. I think that was cold. <laughs> People do it. That's crazy, man. Jerks. People get so possessive over public land, and it's just nuts. Well, and I don't even think it's that. Sometimes it's just they don't. They want your camera. It's not that they don't want you there necessarily. It's they don't want your, or they just want a camera. <laughs> man, that's that's low. That is low. Yeah, people are dumb. Thievery is. But knock on some wood. I haven't had a camera stolen yet, so... They're all going to be gone now. You said that. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Hope not. I hope not, too, man. Those cameras are awesome. And expensive. Expensive. stuff. Yeah. So, dude, I was hearing antelope make some weird noises. You ever heard 
the noises the antelope make? Like some bleats? They make like a bleat kind of thing. Like, I mean, I, I did a really poor impression of it when I stopped that goat and he turned towards me, you know, he just went, Meh, and he was enough. But, but yeah, yeah, they make like a weird bleat, but it's not like a goat bleat. It's just like their own thing. Yeah. And then they do like a weird blowing thing. Have you heard that? So mule deer will do the same thing. But this is a blow. This is like like a doe blowing at you, but she's got a kazoo stuck in her throat. You heard that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly it. I haven't. I'm not. I'm not a super um, experienced antelope hunter. I mean, I've done it once, yeah. twice, but <laughs> I've I've never bow hunted them, so I haven't been that close. That close. Yeah, dude, this one stood there and was looking at me, and he's just making these weird noises at me for a while. And I thought, like, a chucker or something was, like, stuck on a bush next to me. Because <laughs> he was, like, it sounded like he was throwing his voice, you know? Like, it didn't sound like it was coming from the antelope. But then I, I realized it was him, and, and he was blowing at me, doing this weird thing, checking me out to see if, uh, I'm assuming to see if I would say something back, because um, Sunday when we were rolling out, on my last stock, um, some other dudes rolled by in a truck, and they were just showing off. They had killed an antelope. So they had an antelope head in the truck and showed it to us and talking to us about this whole thing. And this guy pulled out this call, and I forget what it was called, man, but it was, it was basically just like a an elk reed in a box, like a little cow reed in a yep. box. So it's almost like a calf elk call. Yeah. But uh, it's this little box thing, and he just... You don't stick the whole thing in your mouth. You just blow on it like basically like a kazoo. And he's like, "Dude, get one of these. If you're if you're I've, spooking an antelope, he's like, this will." Calm I've heard down. that. Yeah, he said this calms I've him right down. Are you gonna get one? Are you going back out? I I want to go back out so bad. Man, antelope hunting, spot and stock with a bow was so much fun. Just arm crawling out. through the cactus <laughs> <laughs> sounds miserable, but dude, your adrenaline's up for like a whole weekend. Just up the whole time because they're everywhere. So you're almost constantly stalking, you know? Yeah. Man, it was it was a blast. Well, it sounds like you got to go back out. I know. And I've seen people posting now. Um, a lot more people are killing stuff. This dude, yeah. like, from out here in Colorado, he just went on a sheep hunt in Alaska. And he just barely got back. And, like, the day he got back, he went out for an antelope hunt just because he could. And he, he's like, yeah, I went on a couple hour hunt this evening and he's sitting there with a dead antelope it's like dude teach me teach me your secrets go give it another try i need to i really need to and i really want to like i'm dying to go out i just keep replaying that whole weekend over and over it's just a blast man gonna hunt you if you don't i know that's the thing you'll never (laughs) you'll never regret having gone you know you'll be like man i should have i should have stayed home and done the dishes You'll never say that, you know, but... Said no man ever. If The whole time you're doing those dishes at home, you'll be like, man, I should have gone antelope hunting. <laughs> never. You'll never regret having gone. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I got my dad to go with me last year. <laughs> told him that. <laughs> man, I should have told him that. I can't get him to go scout with me. I know. I know. <laughs> that guy... I, I don't know. We're trying to plan out the you know the deer hunt because uh, I, I have another archery tag out in Utah this year, and my dad drew the same tag with me. Um, 
trying to plan out when, when I'm coming out still. It's just not really solidified the way I thought it would have been and should have been by now, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know. I wanted to come out for like 10 days at a time and just live in the mountains out in Utah for 10 straight days and just try to get it done, you know? But it might be two separate weekends now. Hmm. So we'll see. But might not even just be one weekend. Who knows? Who knows? But, yeah. That dude. I got to get him more committed to the <laughs> air quotes off season, you know, because there is no off season. Got to get up there. Exactly. Exactly. Got to get up there. You can't just go out the, the weekend. You want to go. Gotta go check it out. But I'm not really wanting to talk because I just told you <laughs> I might not be able to do what I wanted to do either. So anyway. Just yeah. got to make it happen. That's the thing. You know, you, you always make time for the things that you want to do. Like if you really want it, you'll make time for it, you know. And yeah. And that's the thing. People would tell you, oh, I don't have I don't have that much time or whatever. It's, it's always an excuse. And I'm guilty yeah. of it sometimes. If you want it, you have more time for it. Exactly. You'll you'll sacrifice something. Sacrifice some Netflix to go get some stuff done, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I keep thinking I'm going to throw the TV out because then I might accomplish more. The TV (laughs) wasn't in the house, you know? Dude, I don't even watch TV hardly. Maybe on a Sunday. Yeah. Good for you, man. Good for you. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, man. What else? I, 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 everyone keeps posting these pictures of their bags and like what's in their bag. And I want to ask you what you brought elk hunting. Because uh, I've been out to that unit with you and stuff, you know, and we always take a lot of stuff. But we're, we're <laughs> new backpacks, new matchy backpacks this year. We did we get new matchy matchy packs. Matchy matchy packs, man. And I want to know what you put in yours because <laughs> I, uh, I I feel like I overpacked for antelope, you know. Yeah, I'm used to elk hunting. <laughs> right. Yeah, a little bit different when you're you know close to your truck and stuff. Um, but as far as elk or deer hunting, when you're up in the mountains, it's sometimes you're quite a ways away from a truck and you yeah. also don't want to have to hike out of some of that nasty country. So, um, well, first of all, we did get new backpacks. Um, Ian and I are both running the Eberly stock, uh, mainframes, the M1 mainframe, F1, 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 F1 mainframe. mainframe. Yeah. So, um, I've got that pack, which is super sweet aluminum frame pack. Um, it's really light, it's light, not bulky like I thought it could be. Like it's pretty narrow in the back yeah. as far as the width. That's what which I was is sweet. Say, that's, I love that about how narrow it is because you can like fully flex your arms back, you know, or draw a bow, whatever you're doing. Yeah, like, do a push up. Yeah, with it and it's not pressing right. on like, your scapula. I bought some cheaper frames um, when I had my hunt, just you know, in case and. It, they're, they're a lot wider, more like the Boy Scout type frame, and it, it gets in the way. I'm always hitting my head or shoulders on it, and they don't like that. Your arms but this frame, out. it's sweet. And then uh, it's got a bunch of molly um, webbing, I guess is what you call it. Yeah. 
I was just saying mole, hip belt. but that's just good no. like Mexican food. <laughs> Ooh, don't get me started. I'm oh, hungry. Um, so it's got the molly webbing on the hip belt, and then on the, um, I guess, along the the back part that runs up and down along your back. On the outer side, it's got molly webbing too, and then it's got zippers on both sides. So <clears throat> I got some attachments and. Attachments I was running this past weekend, and that might change. I'm thinking about setting it up differently for this weekend, just so I can carry some more layers yeah. and camera gear. But uh, I, I was running bat wings on either side, which is a pretty large pouch. Um, and then let's see, I had some smaller pouches on the hip belt for miscellaneous things, and then I actually attached to the molly webbing on the back some uh let's see they the dagger hydration bladder pack and then one of the larger just pouches right under that it's kind of cool i'll have to post a picture up you should man so you, you showed me a picture of your setup like that and it's pretty sweet with that hydration pack and the the smaller smaller or larger <laughs> Yeah, an extra pocket you put underneath the batwing system there. Yeah, I like it. Um, like I said, it kind of limited me in some stuff. So I'm thinking about this weekend changing up and putting the transformer pack on, just so I can stash a couple pieces of la- you know layers, and then I want to be able to, in the event of a storm, put my camera somewhere a little more protected. You have a rain fly too, though, don't you? Yeah, I do have a rain fly, but I need somewhere to put the camera so it's not just like strapped in and then yeah. I'd rather have it a little more secure, but I got you. So in my in my pack, one of the bat wings, I had a sixty five millimeter uh vortex razor scope and then the tripod, and that's pretty much all I had in the left bat wing. The right bat wing I had a kill kit which included some gloves, knife, game bags, paracord, a um, couple extra blades. I had a small sheet of plastic just so I could throw meat on it, keep it a little bit cleaner. Yes. Did I say paracord? I had paracord. I think you did, yes. <laughs> well, paracord's awesome, so I'll say it three more times. I got a lot. I got a paracord <laughs> also, I had paracord. <laughs> That was my kill kit, and then above that I had the little first aid kit because it's good to have some of those things, like some bandages and tape and gauze if you need it, some yeah. some various ibuprofens and Tylenols and whatnot. <clears throat> and then I had a snack bag, which was a quart size bag, and I had just different – I had some pro bars, had a <clears throat> cliff bar, I had some of those F-bomb uh, macadamia butter with sea salt nice. things. Um, I had some of those stinger waffles, um, some other like those um, stinger energy chews. I had just a lot of stuff I picked up at like Sportsman's. You can pick the same same stuff up at like an REI or, or a place like that. But I just wanted stuff that would give me a lot of energy, you know? Right, yeah, just uh, quick, quick fuel. I also had a bag of almonds which was awesome because I needed the salt, you know? Yeah. So 
that was awesome. And I, the only thing I was bummed that I didn't have was some beef jerky. So pick that up at the store tonight. And that's the one thing you got tonight that you're not leaving on the top of the mountain. <laughs> I'll probably actually take a deer summer sausage Ooh. jalapeno cheddar with me also. Dang, dude. Dude, I like to eat good. <laughs> it's no that's, reason not to. So my, my plan is, is, you know, I, pretty much in the morning, I don't wake up in time to cook a breakfast, an, an instant meal or anything. So I'll just have like a... Um, a granola bar, pro bar, something, some with good calorie content, you know, yeah, just to get me started. And then I snack all day and eat a little bit more snackage when it's lunchtime. And, you know, again, throughout the rest of the, the evening, because I don't want to have to hike out of there, like I said, to, to eat. And I don't want to take a, a stove or, you know, pot, whatever to cook some, some food in there. I just... Yeah want to be on the go and, and able to move around then um when i hike out just i have some freeze-dried meals that peak refuel that we did the podcast on last week um and just cook that up in 10 minutes and man replace yeah. a lot of those calories yeah so that's basically my bag i mean i've, I've got various other little things i had a little 380 pistol i don't know why i'm just not going to do a whole lot but yeah, like scare the crap out of something. I like to pack it. Um, I've got some elk calls. I had my bino harness with uh, where I keep my tag and my range finder. Um, and then, oh, I always call me crazy. I don't know. Do you do this? I take. I always take two headlamps. Mm. Instead of extra batteries, like I like to run two headlamps because yeah. I might need to rig one up somewhere and then wear one. You know what I mean? That, that's good thinking. I take two because the same reason I take two pairs of socks. <laughs> Just because. Yeah. You know? Um, and oddly enough, though, last year on our Colorado deer hunt, I had, I think, three headlamps on the trip. And every time we shot something, all my headlamps were back at camp. They just never made it <laughs> into the bag last year. So I need to be better about that. But yeah, I usually run two, but I never thought about bringing an extra one to like rig up somewhere. That's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe you need to mark something at night. Um, I don't know. You know, I just, I like to have two just in case. Yeah. No, that's, that's smart, man. That's smart. And then, you know, we've gotten some rain. We actually got rain the night before the opener on that Friday night, um, and which is what cooled everything off for <laughs> the rest of the weekend. But um, part of the reason, like I said, I want to kind of change up my bag setup is so I can take some extra layers, including my rain gear. Um, we got dumped on in Utah yesterday, and you never know what's going to happen at 10, 11,000 feet. So I just want to be prepared. Yeah, dude, that's, that's the place you don't want stuff to go wrong. Out, out of ways from the truck. <laughs> oh, the most important thing that I put in my bag, I'm looking back through my list. <laughs> I make nice. a, a list. Um, TP is like my number one. And uh, I take some wet wipes and I only put like 10 in a little like sandwich or snack size baggy yeah and they'll stay wet in there you know as long as they don't like get too hot and dry out but well, as long as the bag stays sealed right yeah uh, it's 
I like taking some wet wipes for multiple purposes. Yeah. <laughs> the, number one is obvious. Number two, if I got to clean up after, you know, a harvest or something, get some blood off my hands or whatever. I was going to say number two was obvious. <laughs> well, yeah, number two is obvious. <laughs> number two is number one. <laughs> They're one and the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, wet wipes are invaluable out there. I, I always take wet wipes. And honestly, I just ditch the TP altogether. Because to me, like, that just takes up space. I just bring wet wipes. And I bring more wet wipes than <laughs> I probably should. But I've got them. You can bathe nice. with them, wash your hands with them. Number two is number one with them. Nice. Yeah. So I, I usually have a, like a whole little personal size. I guess just a little travel size thing. So maybe, I don't know, maybe there only are 10 wet wipes in there. But yeah, I, I take that and not the TP. <laughs> I always have uh, like a little emergency blanket my first aid kit I have um, I always take a phone charger dark energy Poseidon to charge my phone yeah. for various reasons including Onyx access yeah I mean, your phone is your GPS you run down batteries quite a bit and uh, yeah I always have that, I, that I do have a GPS like could pack, but I don't. It's just so easy ever. with Onyx on the phone, man. The only reason I do pack that is because it, mine is also a walkie-talkie, <laughs> but that would run your battery down quick. Oh yeah, your your GPS is walkie-talkie. I was then. Slow on I've that. also this weekend I'm going to be packing the bugle tube. I think. Nice. Yep. I've always hear. got. Some Allen wrenches in case you need to make a quick adjustment, field adjustment on the bow. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically it. The the usual stuff. The usual on yeah, top just, of that. Just the just regular whatever. old things. Yeah, man, I basically packed all of that for an antelope hunt. And <laughs> it's probably never more than like half a mile from the truck. That's awesome. But uh yeah, dude, I'm that's why I was wondering, you know, like, well, first, you know, like I said, we got the same bag now, and I, I'm so excited about a new bag that I, you know, I played with mine and configured mine a few different ways and packed it three or four different times to see how things fit in it and stuff. So I was kind of curious at the system you came up with, with the same bag, you know, because there's so many ways you can put that thing together. So many things you could add to it. I mean, that's just, that's the magic of it. It's a beautiful bag, man. But um, yeah, I just basically had those two bat wings on mine as well, and then I, I don't have that same hydration bladder you have, but I have a mm -hmm. like a Camelback that's just basically just an insulated pouch for the bladder, and it's got some D loops yeah. and stuff on it. So I went and got some little carabiners from like a ranch store or something, and. Just carabinered that to some of the molly webbing, and it sat in there pretty flat actually, and, and I it was it was actually great. I mean that thing, the Camelback's a little little wider and flatter, so it doesn't puff out, you know. Uh -huh. So everything was able to close around that pretty good still with the bat wings, and and then I have another little pocket, similar to the one you said you put underneath your bladder, but mine's a little different. Um. But that's just basically my kill kit. I just got this two two liter pouch that I 
all all the same kind of things, you know, the knife. I I threw my tags in there because I always had the kill kit with me just in case. Um, mm-hmm. So knife, extra blades, tag, paracord. Um, I take one of those mylar space blankets instead of uh, like a plastic, like a piece of plastic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for for the same reason, just open it up and you can throw meat on it, whatever, keep things clean. Of course, you brought up a good point. When I told you that you're like it's basically a sun oven. It's gonna start cooking your meat right there. <laughs> and uh which is not bad you know i mean maybe just have a little slice off some jerky off the outside while you're there you go <laughs> fresh jerky right there uh, now um, you're thinking yeah dude but yeah gloves uh game bags uh electrical tape it's basically it it's pretty simple just little all the things you need to, to fill out the tag oh a pen um just things you need to fill out the tag and uh and butcher the animal all right there in this one little pouch. And then, and then yeah, in the bat wings, I don't have a spotting scope or anything. And But, uh, yeah, I ran a tripod and the camera in one, which honestly was mostly out the whole time filming. Uh, it was great. I brought Drew with me, and he he just walked behind me and filmed a whole bunch. And that was awesome. So, But one of the bat wings was designated for that. It just was empty most of the time. And then the other bat wing had... Like all my extra clothes in it, man. I had the whole rain gear set up. So pants and jacket, a hoodie, extra shirt, extra pair of socks. Um, I always take a fixed blade knife with me too. That's just like a like a hunting knife or a bush crafting knife or just whatever, whatever I feel like taking that time because I've got so many. But um, yeah, there's always a fixed blade in there, and that one batwing pouch fit really everything I needed for spiking out for the day you know yeah they're actually cool they're big man they're huge um but they don't look i also huge. stuff i stuff some water bottles because i like to have just some bottles too for pre-mixed drink stuff oh, yeah. you know whatever yeah. um and so i just stuff those in those outer pockets of the bat wings and oh yeah things are squeaked <laughs> that's a good love that's it. a good pouch man you were telling me you, you wanted to pick up a third one maybe didn't you yeah, I'm toying around with the idea. I think it'd be kind of cool to run a third. We'll see. I'm, I gotta after this call. I, I'm gonna disassemble my pack a little bit. I'm gonna take everything off and then try to put that transformer pack on and see how I like that. That's a cool. Bag. It'll change my setup slightly, but I think I'll like it. Nice, dude. I'm a little jealous of that. You have to let me know how it works out. Take some pictures of it. The only thing is, I think we're going to kill this weekend, so <laughs> maybe I don't want it on there. But you can strap it to, um, like, so, yeah, the the compression straps for the, the frame yeah. itself. Right. Like you can strap all the meat to the frame and all that, and then just run uh, those straps through some webbing on the, the backpack portion, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, but yeah. I'm also going to have the bat wings... I'm thinking so. Just gotta, uh, just gotta mess around with the configuration a little bit. See what I like. Gotcha. This thing, man. There's so many possibilities. <laughs> I like how you described it. You said that it's uh, backpacks meet Legos. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is. It's, it's so like, true, though. You got like four pieces, you know, and you can, you can stack them almost however you want. It's crazy. It's so cool. Well, yeah, it, they're so customizable. It's yeah. way cool. Well, yeah, and they sell like way more than those four pieces too. But that's you know, what I've got here, and 
and I'm still trying to figure out all the different combinations you can do with just those four. Oh yeah, all the extra things you can go get, man, it's endless. <laughs> endless. Did you take the nose gunner vinyl harness? Yes, I did. What do you think, man? It's a big harness, and it um, it rides on my front <laughs> a little lower than I usually have it i usually have it like right up there by my pecs but it rode more down over my belly button which yeah. was a little different but it was okay yeah you were you were running the badlands one before though right i was and that one i like i said i rode it pretty high yeah well, i had the alaska guide creations like the big one they make man and the uh, cubby? Is that what it's called? The cub? Or yeah, something? the cub. And then you get like that extra pocket on the bottom. And okay. I got so used to running all those different pockets. You know, like I, it opens different than the nose gunner and everything. So like the nose gunner yeah. opens from, from the chest out, but the Alaska Guide Creations opens from out up towards the chest. So I kept like yeah. fumbling with my binoculars because I was kind of still on autopilot from the other harness. But um, Yeah, it's hard to use that up get used to something yeah it is man and and honestly one so i had a hard time squeezing my 10 by 42s which are pretty streamlined honestly it's one of vortex newer designs and it's a streamlined design but i had a hard time squeezing that into this thing at first and uh i just think it was just more rigid from the factory than other harnesses yeah and so that's the thing like after three days of binos in and out like yeah. They've created a good pocket now. Like they they slide in and out. They've they've broken that piece in, you know. And so that's not an yeah. issue anymore. Um, I think the more that I wear the bag and use it, it's it's going to be more and more friendly to me. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a good size. I thought um, less pockets than my Alaska Guy Creations rides about the same as my Alaska Guy Creation one did. Um, so for me, it wasn't too different other than the way the pouch opens and then mm-hmm. just trying to break it in too. But did you use the, like the holster piece on the back for your 380? No, um, I just stuck the 380 in the, one of the small pockets I put on the hip belt gotcha. and then I ran my range finder. It was really snug in there, which I kind of liked. Um, and then when we got into situations where I was needing to use it, I pulled it out so I wouldn't be making noise, you know? Yeah. But I, I don't like my rangefinder flopping around, and I, I'd rather have it not hanging off the side of my harness or bag or whatever, and I don't want to dig it out of a pocket. So I kept it out of the case and just ran it in that little rear pouch, and it seemed to be a pretty good setup. Nice. I'll have to try that. Fit nice. in there. Nice and snug. I'll have to try that. Yeah, I put my uh, little 9 millimeter in that, that pocket. Um, for like the first day and it fell out like onto the prairie just in front of me as I was crawling, you know, there's yeah. not, there's not good retention on that. There's no retention. So, I mean, it's just, you turn upside down, it's falling out. Well, so, quit walking on your hands. It's the best way to stalk an antelope, man. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so yeah, I probably won't be using that for, for carrying a gun anymore. But that's all right. That's all right. Probably a good spot, like you said, for the rangefinder. I'll, I'll try that one out. Or 
the phone with the phone scope on it or just you're always looking at access on my Onyx, you know? Mm-hmm. So just having the phone handy rather than in my front pocket might be might be a good spot for that. So I don't know. Still yeah. Figuring out all the new stuff. So, But it's fun. So you're rolling out tomorrow? Yeah, I've got to go to work like a sucker. Me too. And then uh, I'm going to try to sneak out a little early. What's early? To the mountain. Like two or three, probably two. That's what time I left last weekend and I got down there. With enough time, I think I can hit the store on my way for a couple last-minute things like ice and gas, whatever. Monsters. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and still be able to be up on the mountain to make a night hunt. So Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Are you going with Colt again? Uh, yeah, the plan is I think Colt's going to meet me um, up there and then... Uh, one of my other friends who also has a tag, he's not real picky, so that's a good thing, having two guys with limited entry tags hunting with you. <laughs> if one's not super picky, that's that's good. So I think he's going to join us Saturday afternoon sometime. Very cool. Yeah. You guys staying up on the ridge? Um, Probably. Um, maybe maybe back to that one spot that you and I have stayed in before um, mm-hmm. in the trees where uh, <laughs> where the battery died in the truck. Oh, up there. One year. Okay, yeah. <laughs> maybe there or there we could stay right on the edge, but it might get windy. I don't like the wind. Yeah, me neither. We'll see. We'll just play it out by ear. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, what do you, what's your camp look like? Uh, oh man, I, I run a simple camp because I like to be mobile. <laughs> and so my camp consists of my truck and a canvas cutter. Oh yeah, canvas cutters, man. So it's a, what it's, about Colt? Like what's Colt doing? And your other so buddy. Colt has a cool setup um that he was running last week and he had an easy up and just like one of those shade tents, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. And uh he didn't extend the legs all the way so it sat pretty low yeah as to not catch wind and help shelter him more sure and uh he just had a cot with his sleeping bag and stuff on it underneath that's awesome um one bad thing is he didn't tie it down so the wind caught it while we were out opening morning what but then he tied it down to some, some rocks and it was all right so that was a good one he's gonna borrow the extra canvas cutter i think He's a big guy, dude. Know. He's tall. Is he's he gonna fit in yeah. that thing? Dude, I got plenty of room in mine, so he should fit fine. Nice. Yep. Yeah, you know, so I I just got the uh, what the fortress is that what I have? Yep. So you have the, two of the dominators, which is yeah. the, the big like rectangular square footed one and stuff, and then yeah. mine's like tapered. And I put a sleeping bag in it. It's like a regular size sleeping bag. And uh, I'm wondering if that's what is making me feel like it's short. Like I wonder if I throw a, my actual like extra long bag in there, if I'll feel more comfortable, you know? Mm. Like that's why I was asking about Colt, because it's like I felt like it was almost too short. But I f- mm. also think that they're the same length, like the Fortress and the Dominator are the same length. 
I don't think mine's shorter. Let me look it up. I Candy should look man. it up. I'm sitting in front of a computer right here. But um, yep. yeah, I don't know. I slept in my canvas cutter for the first time on this hunt, just in the back of the truck. So um, I did like a combo between what you and Colt are doing. I had the canvas yeah. cutter in the bed of the truck, and then I have like a ladder rack, um, you know, for my job and stuff. Just ladder rack on the truck all the time. And so I rigged up some electrical conduit to kind of make a frame, um, like a more shaped frame for that uh, that ladder rack. Mm-hmm. And I just bought a twelve by sixteen tarp and strung that over the top. And so and then I just I bought a bunch of like that thinner paracord and just and a whole bunch of stakes for like 50 cents a piece like army surplus story you know uh-huh. just guide out that thing from the truck and uh so yeah just slipped under a tarp in the canvas cutter in the bed of the truck and it was so comfy that's good man it's all yeah. about being comfortable <laughs> that's the thing so i rolled that canvas cutter out and it's got that foam pad that they sell and make or whatever wherever they're getting it they have that foam that they'll sell you and i have that and i didn't put like anything else underneath the bag or whatever like it's just just that foam in the bed of the truck on the ridges it's like you put in your bed huh it's better better than my bed dude <laughs> and i didn't feel like the ridges in the bed of the truck like nothing like it's, yeah it's I, it's crazy man i don't even worry about smaller rocks or anything like i try to get the ground like a level spot in the ground yeah. and remove it big rocks but like little stuff that would normally bug you with any other sleeping pad now nah, you don't even feel it <laughs> yeah I, I would imagine i haven't rolled it out on the ground yet but i would imagine just how i didn't feel any of the ridges in that truck yeah you could almost roll that over pine cones and everything it'd be fine yeah it's definitely uh my favorite way to just go easy and it, i was thinking about it today if it does rain that's going to be kind of inconvenient as far as changing and things and just you know hanging out out of the rain whereas if you had like a big canvas tent or a camper or something it would be a little more comfortable yeah for those situations but yeah. it's not there to be comfortable it's there to kill animals right kill animals and- <laughs> yeah Nah, you want to be as comfortable as possible, but I can, I can sacrifice for a couple of days. Oh, dude, honestly, like that little joke wasn't really a joke about my canvas cutter being more comfortable than my bed. They're dang comfy. I slept so good in the bed. So truck. last year, um, I was helping Zach and his mom with her limited entry elk hunt. And that was in September, you know, after the bow hunt. And it, it got cold up there, dude. Like, it was in, I swear, like, high 20s because we could see our breath. Things were frozen in the morning, you know. And uh, they all slept in a big canvas tent, like a Boy Scout tent. Oh, nice. And uh, I just slept in the back of the truck in my canvas cutter. And uh, they had a little Mr. Buddy heater going in their tent and whatnot, you know. And Anyway, they came out in the morning and woke me up you know i'm a deep sleeper yeah <laughs> and zach was like 
aren't you cold in that thing? I was like, no, dude, like I'm actually kind of sweating. <laughs> yeah. I was so toasty and I was just sleeping in a pair of sweatpants and a hoodie in there. And I You're actually had to bag? in my sleeping bag. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a 20 degree bag, but I had the sleeping bag unzipped. I had my canvas cutter unzipped at the top with a nice breathe away. And it was, I was perfect in there. Yeah, I didn't dude. want to get out. <laughs> yeah. That's thing. I slept um, with it open for the first two nights. And then the last night I put the whole pole system together and I just zipped the whole dang thing up just to try it out, you know? And yeah. I woke up in the morning and I, I wasn't even in my sleeping bag, just in my boxers. You know? <laughs> it just, it's, it's nice. It keeps that heat in pretty good, man. Yes. Yeah, it does a good job. It's, yeah, one of my favorite things I have now. It's funny because we met up with a couple other guys. Um, I've talked to you about them a couple of times, dude, but those guys from uh, up in Fort Collins area, they do field the table outdoors. Uh-huh. Um, Spencer, he was out. He has this, uh, the same antelope tag I have, which he actually got one of two leftover tags for the unit, which is awesome that he got that. Wow. Yeah. So he was out there, and we met up one evening and um, tried to get on a stock. But uh, as soon as as soon as we met up and, and got glass out, we're out standing there with you know binoculars and tripods and everything. Uh, the biggest storm of the weekend rolled through. I mean, there's like 55 mile an hour winds and stuff. So he he bailed and whatnot. But he saw the canvas cutter in the bed of the truck just all rolled up, and he was asking about it and kind of teasing me, you know. A little bit. It's like, well, so what's the point? Like, isn't that just a baby bag? Like, I was like, well, it's comfortable, dude. That's the point. Like, yeah. It's not like you're going to carry it deep into the woods. It's, you know, it's not like a backpack right. or anything like that. And so he's kind of making fun of the idea that I had this, this single man tent that I couldn't carry anywhere. Like I had to stay next to the truck with it basically. And <laughs> I was like, dude, don't knock yeah, it. But try it, man. Like it's, I slept good. For car camping, like that thing is just money. Yeah, you don't want to pack something like that to the top of the mountain. But yeah. honestly, just the shell, you know, as a bivy, yeah. wouldn't be terrible depending on how far you're going in. You know, that's the thing. If you had a light enough backpack and you were fine not taking the big foam with you. Well, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, wouldn't want to. Yeah, pack. wouldn't want it. That does add a pretty good amount of weight. I think the canvas alone. Let's see, I still have it pulled up here. Um, yeah, it weighs 5.6 pounds for the one I've got, which is lighter than yours. I think yours is closer to 7 pounds, which is pretty heavy, man. But, um, but yeah, if it's just the canvas, the poles, a nice lightweight bag that would make up, you know, some, some good warmth out there. And then uh, maybe just a foam pad if you really had to have some sort of thinner pad underneath it, you know. You could you could pack that thing in quite a ways if you were willing to. Yeah. Um, you, it's definitely doable. And, you know, what's, what's an extra two, three pounds? If, I mean, on a 40-pound pack, <laughs> a 50-pound pack, it's yeah. not, not terrible. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on the kind of hunting you're doing, too. Like, if you're packing yeah. everything up every night you're trying to move to a new location new part of the mountain every evening you 
maybe you'd want to actually take a like a lighter weight tent or something. I don't know, but but yeah, like you said, like compared to like a like a backpacking tent, if you strip this thing down to minimum, that you yeah, it'd only be two three pounds extra. And if you're training right, two three pounds isn't that bad. So I don't know. So you you brought up training right. What training have you been doing? Oh man, I gotta get that TV out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been doing anything, man. I'm I'm feeling fat and lazy again. Um, and dude, so crawling through the prairie, uh, did some army crawling, did some squat walking, just trying to stay low, you know. And we came back Sunday, uh, around you know middle of the afternoon on Sunday, and I got into the house, sat on the couch and my legs were just burning. Yeah. I've been crouched down and army crawling, like I said, squat walking, like crab walking, all kinds of stuff for for the last couple of days and did not realize how out of shape my legs were. <laughs> <laughs> Burn, but it was it's good though. Kind of got me motivated again. Just that 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 good deep muscle burn got me motivated, and I've and actually I've been working out every day since the hunt. So that's great. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I don't know if it was the cooler weather or I I don't know what what combination of things it was, <laughs> but I felt really good after uh, you know the day after opening day. We hiked a little over thirteen miles uh, between the morning and the evening hunt on Saturday and Sunday I felt really good. We slept hard and, and woke up a little later, but we, we really didn't plan to hike in anywhere. We just wanted to glass Sunday morning, which we did, but I felt great. Like my legs usually ache a little bit, the knees, you know, especially. Yeah. Um, but man, I felt really good. In fact, I wanted to like run on Sunday. I wanted to run on Monday. <laughs> I was feeling nice. So I'm hoping to keep that up this weekend. Nice. dude. Not to say I wasn't, breathing hard you know hiking up that elevation at that altitude but oh yeah That's yeah a- i'm i'm excited for the weekend i'm excited for you dude i i gotta i gotta get excited for myself and try to get out saturday evening or something um yeah even if i just do like a like an evening hunt or a morning hunt or something you know this weekend just I'd i'd be fine again I just want to do go it. do it. Just go do it one more time. Just you know? do it. Just do it. Plus, if I go, it gives me an excuse to go by that that call, which I think I need now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Definitely, always, dude. Always like a good excuse to go buy a new piece of gear. I don't have. You should. Uh, you should just wear your um, dark khaki ridge pants, and then you should wear like a find a tan shirt. So honestly, dude. So I I don't I don't have the ridge pant in dark khaki because they um they were sold out man. Um, Dang! But I have the preacher pant and I lived in the preacher pant all all weekend and I have that in the dark well, khaki. Do that. No, it was <laughs> awesome, man. Those those pants are freaking sweet. I'll tell you what, I had the little the vents open on the sides all weekend. Yeah, just ventilating and then I was kind of because I just unzipped them and when I put them on, just unzipped them and just let them open. And then uh, at one point, like a day and a half into the hunt, I was like, oh, yeah, these vents. And I zipped them up just to see the difference. And uh, it almost immediately felt 
warmer, like just too warm. And I was like, oh, no, I got to unzip these again. I just dropped them down. Those those vents actually get a decent amount of air flowing through everything, which is great. Did you drop your front zipper? Colt was telling me That's... he does that. His pants are just like a nice circulation. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. I... <laughs> of course, you're crawling through the... Uh... The prairie <laughs> on your stomach, and there's cactus everywhere. I don't want to be dragging my sack across some. Just have some, have some things uh, start flopping out that aren't supposed to be out on the prairie, you know. <laughs> Trying to keep it decent. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, yeah. start with ox strap out there. <laughs> just keep everything a little tighter. <laughs> oh, man. No, so I have those in dark khaki, and I wore that, those pants, all weekend. Uh, just the solid color pant. And then, um, the first day I wore my long sleeve, um, like the elevation tee uh-huh. in the desert shadow. And then we ran across somebody, like one of the, the ranchers out there. And, and he was saying, he's like, Oh, you're probably spooking them off. Cause you're wearing camo, dude. Just put a t-shirt on. So I ended up just putting on, um, like Sunday, I just hunted in a dark a gray t-shirt. And then uh, like Saturday, just a dark green T-shirt, or like a like an army green T-shirt or something, you know. And, and yeah, I don't know if it was helping or if it wasn't helping or what, but I just hmm. kind of gave up on the camo pretty early. And uh, yeah, just felt like a regular dude out there just walking around with a bow in my hand. A little odd, <laughs> but need need to wear some chacos. <laughs> Neon colored shirt. Yeah. Some bandana around your head. White sunglasses. Yeah, white sunglasses. You'll probably kill something. Probably kill something for sure. <laughs> That's the thing, dude. We notice, man, like if you if you're driving down those roads and uh you slow down, like even just slow down, just like you're going under fifty. Like the antelope spook. They all stand up and they all like look at you. And if you maintain a slower speed like that or stop, stopping is the worst. Don't let them see your truck stop because they will bail. But that whole area has got like uh, like a ton of, like the ranchers are all out there just flying around, checking on stuff. And then um, a lot of oil rigs and tanks and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of trucks carrying fuels and things like that around. And those Man, those semis and all those big tanker trucks, those things just fly. It's a little scary on those dirt roads, man. And they don't pay any attention to something going that speed. Which is <laughs> fast. Yeah. So yeah, we started like like the second day in, we're just like, okay, don't slow down. Don't slow down. There's an antelope there, just fly by it. And and Drew would be like glassing out the window at like fifty miles an hour, trying to <laughs> look through his binoculars while I'm on this bumpy dirt road going way too fast. And, uh, and sure enough, man, they don't spook. And so you can like kind of drop the truck over like the next little ridge. So you're out of sight. Um, cause it's little rolling Hills, you know, so you go up and over the next hill. Yeah. Slam on the brakes. And then try to stock up on them from the backside of that, that hill. And that was kind of one of the best tactics we had for not spooking them out like immediately, you know, cause like I said, we we're just driving, I don't know, 25 miles an hour down a dirt road, which is a good pace for me. I like that. It feels stable. And uh, you're cruising along, and they, they're like, okay, that guy's going too slow. 
And they all stand up and they look at you and it's like, okay, he's still going too slow. Something's up. And then they, they just fail every time. You so, need to try my uh, patented antelope stopper. What's your patented antelope stopper? You just yell giggity out of the window. Oh, yeah. It'll stop every time. <laughs> <laughs> you right. saw that they video. Right? I, yeah, I did. I did. Giggity. Giggity. Dude, they just, yeah. That thing slammed on its brakes and, like, looked back at you. <laughs> it was like, hey, what? Dad? <laughs> yeah, dude. The hell up are weird. They're fun, dude, and they taste so good. So you need to go shoot one. I do need to go shoot one. I really do. Go do it. Get it done, man. I made a big stink about it at work. Like everybody was asking for the same weekend off, and everybody had like stupid reasons, you know. And I'm like, dude, it's opening weekend. It's probably the only weekend I'm gonna get out. Like you guys are taking this from me. And I made this big deal about it to everybody, and we all just ended up taking the same weekend off anyway. Like, but um. I kept having people like when I came back to work Monday, just asking, "Hey, did you get one?" <laughs> uh, so it's I not just, about that. <laughs> I just ignored a lot of people all week. Like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, is is a little, a little shameful coming back empty-handed. But that's all right. It's not didn't didn't ruin my weekend. You know, I still had a great weekend, great time, and only felt. Shame talking to that that group because I made such a big deal about going. Yeah. So they're not my friends anymore. We don't talk now. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, dude, I'm excited for you this weekend. I I wish I could be out there. I miss that whole unit, that area. I miss chasing elk, hearing elk, eating elk, smelling elk. I miss all of it. Are you planning on coming out? to utah next weekend uh that yeah that was the plan was to be out in utah august 31st through september 9th um but like i said i don't think that's gonna work out it's probably gonna be long weekends so probably the 31st through the third because the third is a holiday right labor day Yeah, Yeah. yeah labor memorial day (laughs) <laughs> I always forget which one's which. Um, so yeah, I'll probably I'll probably try to do a long weekend next week. And uh, I was gonna say, make it really long and stop by the elk grounds on your way. Hmm. Dude, thing. <laughs> I can I can go forty minutes quicker just about going through Wyoming. Hmm. And it's a less traveled road because everybody in Denver likes to fly out on I-70. And, <laughs> and a lot of dudes, they'll go out um, that direction, like towards Moab and stuff. And with it being a holiday weekend, I'm wondering if traffic's going to be that bad, you know. Could be. So. <clears throat> I'm sure. I usually, I usually like to go up on I-80 through Wyoming. Cool. Well, we'll have to talk and see if we can't plan something out. I know. We need to do something. You'll be, you'll, I mean, unless everybody tags out. You got a spike tag, you said, right? Yeah, spike your cow. Spike so your cow. Uh, I have no shame. I love elk meat. So I was telling Colt, he asked, you know, if I would shoot a cow. And he said, yeah, you bet I will. So the only reason I won't shoot a cow is if she's got a young calf with her. Right. I'm yeah. probably not going to do 
but man, I, I was ready to draw back on a cow this last weekend, but 112 yards, just <laughs> I didn't feel comfortable with that. Elk had big shoulders. and Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a long shot. But I, I think we can get it done this weekend. All three of you? Um, I think we can probably get two on the ground. That's what I'm hoping for. That would be awesome, man. Well, we'll see. A lot of fun. It's a lot of packing. <laughs> That'd be a lot of work. <laughs> be fun after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun at the barbecue, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's cool, man. Well, I'll be excited to hear how it goes for you, dude. Waiting for, yeah, we'll waiting have for to that do an call. update. You don't get for service sure. out there, really, do you? No, in certain spots. So maybe after we get done for the, the day, we can drive to a spot where we do get some service and make some calls and texts. Well, I'm just wondering update about... Update Instagram. Yeah, the gram, dude. That's what I'm wondering about. Like, I, I had a lot of fun just uploading my story, antelope hunting, just to, like, a little save story. So you can just go watch that antelope hunt, you know? And it's nothing special. It's just me being a dork for, like, three days. But it's fun, you know? Well, my plan is to do a better job of that this weekend. And I'll, I you can you can record the stories, and they won't upload. But then when you get back to service, you can upload them. Or, right, or yeah. I'll just record short clips and upload them later. Well, that's what I was going to that's yeah, that's what I was going to ask if you're planning on doing that and just uploading later because that's always, always possible. Because I like I, I want to plan, plan on running the camera, so I I need to I need to go set up my bag. Oh yeah, yeah, because you're gonna want to roll right after work tomorrow, so I better let you go, dude. Exactly. Exactly. Old Zachly, is he hunting again? Yeah, I don't know what his plan is. I need to call him. Let's see. Um, they're going after some deer, I think. Again, uh, Jeff, he's got SWAT team training, so he's not going. Just pretty yeah. hardcore. A little too yep. hardcore, if you ask me. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, that's cool. I can't wait to get out with those guys. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully they tag out and stuff, but I kind of hope they don't until I get there so I can go with them. <laughs> exactly. I bet they'd go with you. So. Yeah, probably. Probably. Anyway, dude. Well, I'll let you go get your bag together, and then, uh, dude, take a picture. Cool. I want to see yeah. how you do it this time. I want to know what you did. Yeah, for sure. So, anyway, thanks for chatting, man. It's always yeah, good. Yeah, it's good. Up. For sure. For sure, for sure. Okay, dude. <laughs> take it easy. All man. right. Okay. See you, man. Later. <laughs>